Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Manor Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host Ali, and joining me as always we have Simon and the returning Dave. How are we, chaps? Not too bad, thanks. Yes, good, thank you. Well, well, a rather quiet, boring weekend this weekend. Would you say in the, the world of football? On the pitch, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we'll we'll do the we'll do the on pitch first, um, and anyone listening to this will have no doubt heard the the emergency podcast that's gone out. On the, the Monday evening following the catastrophe, shall we say, um, that the, the clubs have done, whatever side you're on. So we'll come on to that at the end and we'll get Simon and Simon and Dave's thoughts. So we'll start in the Friday night, chaps. And we had an Everton 2, Spurs 2. Um, thoughts on this one then, Simon? And yeah, Spurs. Uh, yeah, well, I mean... I, I didn't expect it to have been Jose Mourinho's last game in terms of Tottenham, I must be honest. Um, I mean, the game itself was, I suppose, it was your classic Spurs and your classic Everton in one way. Tottenham taking the lead and dropping points and Everton dropping points at home yet again <laughs> against a team that they probably should have been beating. Um, I mean, Harry Kane, two lovely goals. Um, the first one, I think, was a bit of a unlucky defensive sort of well, I don't really think you can call it an error for Michael Keane he tried to get his head onto a cross and just flicked it onto Kane um, yeah two really nice goals from him and uh, for Everton as well like, I, I, I thought the penalty Everton got was a bit soft to be yeah. honest uh, like, I mean I'm, I'm not convinced that's a penalty for me but um, you know there's, there's so many decisions that, that happen these days on the football pitch that <laughs> I seem to baffle you. So, um, Sigurdsson's second goal, fair play to him. That was a really, really nice goal itself. But, um, no, it's just, yeah, as I say, I thought it was sort of typical of, of both of them at the moment. And I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get on to it as well. But, yeah, as, like I said, I didn't think it was uh, going to be Mourinho's last game in charge. But it turned out to be the case. Well, Dave, as Simon just mentioned there, obviously Mourinho's last game as well. There's been so much going on, I actually forgot that even happened. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's in the game? And, yeah, ultimately, Josie's sacking as well. I mean, I think the, the biggest surprise about sacking is just the timing of it. Because um, this wasn't great, but it wasn't, you know, sackable offence to draw at Everton. Um, I know you may disagree, Ali, but <laughs> I think... You know, it's not the it's not the worst result of the season by any means. It's, it's perfect for Josie, though, isn't it? Because then he can take the the moral high ground on the the Super League stuff and say this is why he's why well, well, maybe, but I mean, if you're Tottenham and you're getting criticised for never winning anything, and you've got 
I think I think Mourinho has never lost a cup final. Oh wow, yeah. And well, he's obviously six days away from putting that record on the line against you know, Guardiola's Man City. Yeah, he's smart. And then, Joseph and then master. Well, do we know why he's been sacked? Has there been anything said about it? I've not. I've just saw he's been sacked. I haven't seen any any sort of reason behind it. There, there was rumours to a statement come out that he refused to train the team based right. on their agreement to the the Super League stuff. But Spurs and Levy's put out a statement saying he, he really enjoys working with Josie. He's welcome back anytime, but at this stage that it had to, you know, they had to let him go, basically. Future endeavour, malarkey. All right, OK. Well, regardless of the reason, if we look at the game in isolation, I mean, as, as I said, really, it was just your typical, typical these two who probably should be better than they are. Um another reminder that if Harry Kane ever leaves Tottenham they will become well I was going to say mid-table team um, <laughs> they, they'll, be, they'll be bottom of the Super League um, um, Kane went off injured in this as well does it look a bad one or is it a typical Harry a, Kane angle knock it's a standard angle knock yeah. um, I don't think they know how long it's going to be yet it would be funny like, if they had the scan already and said he's out for like three weeks and I thought you know what like, Jose you're not going to win the cup final without Kane, so let's just cut our losses and see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this rate, if he doesn't play on Sunday, I would not be at all be surprised if he's the manager. And they just say, right, well, as soon as you can't play, you, you can manage. And, uh, I just stick, suit and tie Kane. Stick him in a suit with like a moon boot on, like like Tuchel in the, <laughs> in, the uh, in the Champions League last season. Um, yeah, that's the that's probably the game plan. It's gonna be a better, a better game plan than Ryan Mason, which seems to be the current game plan. Which yeah, is, he's temporary charge, isn't he? Well, I mean, just as I was thinking football couldn't get any worse. I was watching Sky, <laughs> Sky Sports News was having me tea earlier, and uh, an advert came on called Redknapp's Big Night Out and it's on a Thursday night and it's Harry and Jamie Redknapp yes. interviewing people and I don't know like I thought things couldn't get any worse but seemingly they can yeah. so, what were so sh- you having for tea? I had a stir fry it was nice nice chicken yeah. or beef 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 yeah. beef good it was I good I've got chicken myself but um, yeah. variety is the spice of life <laughs> that is it you know, that's an important <laughs> question to ask on the review show like what we're having for tea um, Simon <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, Josie gone, as Dave mentioned, like, strange timing with a cup final coming up. Um... Yeah, I mean, that that is the one thing that really sort of threw me. And you kind of, it makes you think just like how, how bad has the situation got with him and the players that, the hierarchy think they've got a better chance of winning that cup final by sacking their manager six days before playing it than they do by keeping him in charge of it. It, it just it seems really really odd. But I, I saw um, a very brief like uh, interview that uh, someone at Sky was trying to get with him as he was sort of clearing yeah. out his uh, <laughs> office, and I must say he he didn't look too devastated. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. But then with the thirty-five million pound payoff in the bank, you know, I'd be pretty chuffed if I forgetting that. Like, he, he was advertising his one point two million followers on Instagram. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's part of it now that Spurs have got this guaranteed windfall? Levy's like, well, I don't care. <laughs> don't need, don't need you grumping the place up. I'll go and get Nagelsmann or whoever he's got in mind. Like it's could it's be, it could be, but then. Like, because I, I think I heard on something earlier today that it was 
that money, like that release court, a payout that they'd have to pay was only if they sacked him like before the end of the season. So, I, I mean, I don't know what they're expecting anyone to come in and do for them. The, the new managers or whoever is in charge, they're not going to finish in the top four like anyway this season. So I just, I, I don't know. It just seems a bit of an, bit of an odd one to me. I mean, I think we all probably expected him to not have lasted much longer than the summer anyway, but mm. I just don't really, I don't really understand why they bothered doing it. But I mean, as we've seen in the last 24 hours, nothing can surprise you in football anymore. So Absolutely not. Do you think this, it's one of those things, you know, you remember when, um, when Moyes got sacked by Man United and it was literally as, as soon as he mathematically couldn't achieve, I think it was the, the top four. Yeah. Do you think it was something along the lines of like Mourinho, you know, now we can't win the league, they can sack him for less or something like that? I don't know. Possibly. Some clauses, wasn't it? Daniel Levy's a very smart and very. Oh, he's, he's honestly, he is the, he must be the slipperiest man in the world. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. There's a certain, there's a certain man in uh, Newcastle that might compete there. Do you mean me? I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there, there has to be some sort of clause there because I mean, this is for all Josie's tenure. He, he was only in charge of Spurs for 86 games. No, that's his lowest since before Porto. He only won 51% of his games, which, I mean, for a, for a man who went from his Porto days till Madrid, say, maybe, you know, his spell where he had with Chelsea, the Inter Milan, and then the first couple of years at Madrid, he was, you know, I don't know, he was untouchable as a manager, you know, he was almost perfect. Um, and since since then, it just, it's gone rapidly downhill, hasn't it, for him, really? I really hope he goes back to punditry though. I, I did enjoy him on on the TV. He's quite an, he's he's a good character around. I just think the game's kind of left him behind a bit. Um, yeah. That said, I've, I mean, if we got taken over by, you know, <laughs> you'll take him. I absolutely would. And I, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I know people would say, oh, you know, he's a busted flush and he's he's not that good anymore. He's probably not that good to go and win leagues and things anymore. But if, if you give him a blank checkbook. And a bit of time, he'd make us decent. He'd make us a, he'd make us, you know, a top four contender. I think I've got no doubt about that. But I think his problem has always been at Tottenham, and as, he, as he's pretty much said, is that he hasn't been able to get the players he wants to to play the way he wants to play. Um, turns yeah. out like Eric Dyer isn't John Terry. Yeah. And and they're, they're Alder, very Alder, team, aren't they? Well, exactly. They're not winners. And I, I think if, if he went out and bought. I mean, with us, he probably need, need, need at least 11 of them, probably more. But with a blank checkbook and the right players, I think he's probably still capable of, you know, turning the shithouse up to the max again. But uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be my first choice, but I'd absolutely, if we got him, I'd absolutely back him to get us somewhere. Yeah, I think a lot of clubs, I think, I think more so, his time's done at the top of the game. As you see. Yeah. Give him a give him a mid. I know we're saying mid table and not including Spurs in here, but um, you know that that middle of the road, like a even a Crystal Palace, you know, like a team that he's going to take them up to the next level at least. Um, I'd like to see him in international football, um, and do do his work there because in one off games, I don't think there's many better managers out there. Um, but. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard because like he needs time to sort of drill drill his teams to be, you know, what he wants them to be. Yeah, I, I, and I don't I don't know how long it would take him when he only sees them like you know 
once every couple of months or yeah. whatever it works out at. So um, it depends what level of country he was taking out. Like if he was an international manager in charge of a country full of top top players, he could probably he probably wouldn't necessarily need a great deal of time with them because the, the you know the elite players can sort of adapt to most things. If he was at uh, you know a country where he, he need he where you would need to sort of implement a system over time, then yeah, I'd, I'd agree with your points on that one that he'd, he'd struggle probably. Yeah. Um, oh, let's be fair. Nobody really cares about sports. Um, I don't think even sports fans care about them anymore. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to the Saturday, Dave. And Newcastle all but assured Premier League safety now. Three yeah. Two. Well, it looks that way, doesn't it? I mean, we made, made very, very hard work of this. Um, <laughs> Definitely. I mean, did, did any of you watch this before I go off on one? Or did... oh, no. I, I've seen the highlights, yeah. So, I mean, you'd, you'd think looking at it, you think, ah, oh, Newcastle played quite well here, and that's a good win. And it is, in isolation, but when you consider, I mean, we went 2-0 up through two horrendous errors from West Ham. I mean, <laughs> I mean, literally, Fabianski just drops the ball <laughs> on the goal line um, just minutes after, you know, him and Diop decide to sort of backhail it in the net, because that's what they do, all whilst Craig Dawson picks up... Who gets booked twice for fouls on Joe Linton? Like how? <laughs> what? What is the point? Like surely you just—I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? So they couldn't have done more to hand us the game. So when in halftime, turn it up. What Steve Bruce said to them at halftime, I've got absolutely no idea because surely in that situation, all you got to do is keep the ball, kill the game, keep the ball, and you'll probably win from turn it up with ten men against ten men. And somehow what we kept doing was we thought, you know what, we're going to keep giving you the ball and we're going to keep letting you cross it in. And funnily enough, this team of giants caused quite a few problems after doing that. <laughs> and obviously they got one back and it was a decent header, but probably should have been saved. And then they got the standard, I mean, it, it is apparently by the letter of the law, but my God, like, he, all he's done is jumped ahead of the ball away and he's hit him on that hand. Um, it, I mean, again, you can't argue with it because it's, it is, his hand shouldn't be where it is, but... Oh, I thought that was a really harsh penalty. Well, it's one of those, isn't it, where like before VAR, you'd never, ever, ever get a, get a given. You wouldn't even consider it, and you'd think, ah, oh, it's just one of those things that happens in football. Yeah. Um, I guess what's worked against him is that like Socek hasn't flicked it on. He's literally just jumped headed away, and actually it's hit his hand. So yeah, he's probably gaining an advantage by doing it, which is obviously what they've come to the conclusion of. But by this point, I was like, we we don't deserve to win. Like. Other than St. Maxman, who was great for 20 minutes and obviously tied himself out, we didn't really do an awful lot in that first half to get 2 0 up. Second half, we did absolutely nothing. And then once they equalised, we thought, hang on a minute, we've uh, we're blown this a bit. And we had a mad five minutes where we had the shot cleared off the lane. And then he brings on Willock, who scores. And this is what annoys us again. All the pundits go, oh, what a great substitution. Here's an idea play your best players from the start. And then... <laughs> I'm going to say that. <laughs> I mean, is that such a maverick concept? <laughs> but anyway, we're won. We're probably going to be safe. Who knows what the Premier League's going to look like next season? If these six get kicked out, we've got a chance of being in Europe. Whatever that's going to look like. <laughs> well, yeah, I've just discussed this. I, I think Newcastle will become the biggest club in the league. I would strongly disagree with that. But well, I mean, well, you've won. Nobody cares well, about your opinion. Well, you've won. <laughs> You've won two Super League titles by by current rules, haven't you? So, 
<laughs> so, um, on, on the Newcastle game, I mean, yeah, uh, Newcastle's gone against your prediction, might add. You're the only one out of the three of us to predict Newcastle to go down. Um, just getting that in there. And uh, is West Ham ruining chances of a, let's just say, top four, because we don't know if there will be a Champions League next year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I predicted Newcastle to go down because, you know, I've, I've grown to have a, a bit of a soft spot for them uh, because of uh, doing this podcast with Dave. So I did that purely for your benefit. <laughs> I knew by me predicting them to go down, that was fail. I was going to say, I hope you put like a grand on it, did you? Because that seems to be what, that seems to be what does the job for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I mean, I, that that'd be them safe. I mean, just, you know, from, from what I saw, and like I can't really go against too much what they said. They they, they found themselves tuning up without having an awful lot. You know they didn't have to do much to get those. You know seemingly it was more West Ham just shooting themselves in the foot. And then, like you say, like from what I from what I've seen, the second half, there's no way you oh, there's no way you look at that thinking West Ham are down to ten men because they they but, sort of uh, they well Newcastle made it very very easy for them I thought to get back into that game and then yeah like you said they just at the ends for fucking hell like we, we could do with getting a win here just to you know finalise things and I, I I don't see them going down now to be honest well I mean it will take something pretty special for them to, to fuck it up from here I think I think the most pleasing thing as well is that not only have we obviously got ourselves clear a little bit we've also put two teams between us and the and the, uh, the bottom three so yeah, yeah. I, I I always think we, at this sort of stage of the season, I, it's, yeah, you're right. It's not just the points gap; it's the fact that there's there's certain, you know a gap of teams between you and that bottom three. That's that's always the biggest thing for me because it's then it's the case of all. Well, it's not you don't need just one team to overtake. You need three teams to overtake you to go down. And I don't think you can really see that happening. Yeah, I mean Burnley really should be really concerned just now. I mean. I know we always say Burnley have got enough in them, but obviously they're the ones who have dropped right down. I mean, Brighton again, they've not been, I know they're down there, but they're not losing many games, so you feel they'll gather enough points to get out, but I mean, we'll come on to Burnley's game against United shortly, but you know, they're, they're just, they're not picking up the points that are needed that they normally would do. I think it's been surprising how, how poor they've been. I mean, obviously I wasn't here last week to to marvel over their incompetence against us, but <laughs> but um, they um, they've always been like quite solid at the back, and they've nicked a goal here and there, and that's been their sort of mo. But they've looked a bit shaky at the back recently, um, and obviously it hasn't really changed, other than it's still the same two centre backs. I know Pope's missed the last couple of games, but you wouldn't say it's goalkeeping errors that are costing them. It's just yeah. they, they don't look as solid as a unit, um, and I don't really know why. So. Hopefully it's the beginning of the end for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll come on to Burnley more more shortly, but we'll go on to West Ham since we're, we're all in agreement that Newcastle's basically safe. Um, this was a massive three points dropped for, for West Ham in this game. A game that they probably came in expecting to win, or hoping to win anyway, secure that, again, that top four finish. But even that's looking ominous now, I mean, will come on to the Liverpool game. If they had held on to their, their lead tonight, they would have finished in the top four. Obviously, Chelsea would have had a game in hand. They would then picked them as well. I mean, is this the beginning of, of West Ham's, not downfall, because obviously they've started a good season, but is this where they're going to start slipping up now with, 
silly silly points drop that, Dave. I think the biggest concern for them at the minute is the players they're losing. Um, you know, players are dropping like flies. Obviously, uh, and Cresswell missed this one. Um, Rice is still out. Antonio looks like he's going to miss most of the rest of the season. I think. Um, Lingard came off injured here, but I think they've said it's cramp now, um, which I kind of find hard to believe if I'm honest. But we'll we'll say we'll believe what they're saying. But they've got Chelsea next, um, which is obviously a massive game. <laughs> um, I'm very much in the camp that I quite like to see them do it. To be honest, like especially with the, the recent revelations, obviously, which we'll come on to later. But um, never been a huge fan of West Ham, obviously. But I think. They've done incredibly well to put themselves in the position they're in, um, and if it, if they can get in there at the expense of some of the you know the likes of Chelsea, hilarious. Let's see it happen. Yes, Ivan. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think well, I think we kind of we have said ourselves in the last few weeks that we I don't think any of us felt that they were going to sustain that purely because they just don't have the squads that that Liverpool and Chelsea that Liverpool and Chelsea have um, the injuries as well. It's, it's not just the fact that they're picking up a few injuries. It's the players that, that are going down injured. To, to yeah. miss Rice and Antonio, you know, you, they're, they're probably the two arguably most important players for, for how they play. So having them missing for a significant portion of the uh, remaining games, I think it would just see them drop out, which, you know, it would be a shame because it's, you know they've had a, a great season, and it's from you know fans uh, of teams like uh, Villa and Newcastle, like myself and Dave. I think it's always you always like to see a non-traditional top four team break into that top four because it it gives you that sort of glimmer of hope that you know with a, a bit of luck your team can do that as well. So yeah, I would. I mean, I I don't like West Ham, so I don't like their owners. Um, you know, but they they when they were at Birmingham City. Like I hated them, and uh, I think they're they're pretty pretty awful people. But uh... that's, that's the thing like, you would have to say. Like it would be an annoying because they run that club so badly. Yeah. If they were to get away with this and, and end up in the top four, it would leave a bit of a bitter taste. But um, they've kind of become this sort of beacon of light against the big six who are in the middle of you know sh- shooting them, shooting themselves in the foot so <laughs> yeah. uh, all of a sudden West Ham and Leicester have become massive favourites around the country but uh, no I, I agree with you that I, I don't want them to get in because of the owners but I do from the fact that they're not in the big six but um, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out um, Well the last game of the Saturday night finally confirmed Sheffield United's relegation to the Championship Um Pretty much a non-event this game, from from all accounts. Uh, Simon, I mean William Josie scoring for for Wolves um, to relegate Sheffield United officially. One uh, 0 win for Wolves. Yeah, I think that's his first goal for the club since uh, since he's joined in January. Uh, another Adama Traore assist. He's gone thirty odd games doing absolutely nothing, and the last three <laughs> he's got a goal and two assists. So he's he he clearly likes the warm weather. Um, Seems to shine there, but yeah, the game itself. I mean, you know, it's the fact that Sheffield United are now being officially relegated. I, I think all three of us back in September basically said, yeah, we we relegated them back then. So uh, I don't think it was any surprise. Um, I really don't think I can say anything more to, about this game that will be of any relevance or interest. 
I only watched the last 20 minutes, and uh, basically what happened was for, t- for all of those 20 minutes was a drama trail where he broke on the counter attack, and you think, oh, he's going to score, and he found new and inventive ways to not only miss, but like miss by a, by a long way. Like, <laughs> didn't even get close on some of them. Um, I, I think Sheffield United have finally been put down. Um, I mean, at, at this rate, again, they'll probably come straight back by default. I don't really know what's going to happen. Um <laughs> But they obviously don't deserve to be a top-flight club based on this season. Um, the chairman has now resigned uh, to go with Wilder, who Wilder fell out with in the first place. I mean, it's a total, it's a total mess of a situation. Um, I, don't, I, I just don't know what's going to happen for them next. At least he spent 23 million on a on a young promising speaker. <laughs> the the one thing I, I would say about Sheffield United this season, like clearly they are not a Premier League quality side. But for a team that have lost, you know, if you just looked at the amount of games they've lost and you know, the little amount of points that they've got, you'd probably assume that they've been like the proper whipping boys of the league and had some real thumpings. I think I heard something like, I think their first eight or, it's like, I think the first eight or ten games that they lost were all by one goal margin. So it's, They've just it's just been that slight that just that little lack of quality. I think twenty two of their twenty five games that they've lost as well is when they've conceded that opening goal first. And I mean, I, I'm not if they'd have had a striker that could have put the ball in the back of the net, they may still be uh, in and around the, the fight to stay up because as I say, they, they've not been horrific defensively. They just don't have that quality going forwards. And I think that's that's just what's done them this season. Yeah, four, 14 points in 32 games is very, very damning, isn't it? Yeah, as I say, like, you know, it's, it's, it's not pretty reading. There's no, you know, you can't hide from the fact that they're clearly not a Premier League team. But it's it's one of those that it's, it quite, I think it, it, it looks really bad because it is bad, but in a way, it's, it, it looks worse than it is because, as I say, it's not like uh, the, that Derby County team we went down uh, how many years ago it was when, when they were getting battered you know, virtually every week. At least Sheffield United have have actually, it, which sounds silly to say because of how little points they've got, but at least they have shown a bit of fight in the vast majority of their games like they've they've been in games but they just haven't been good enough I do wonder if they would have took more hidings had there been fans as such I wonder how many teams just went to Sheffield United and thought you know what we're going to get three points here let's just not get hurt let's not put any effort in because they haven't offered anything in any game Mm. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll come on to Sunday then, and a result that, Dave, you must have just been salivating over after picking up the three points yourselves against West Ham, and then Arsenal getting a 97th-minute equaliser against Fulham, which would have gave them a, a glimmer of hope. Um, pretty much, again, all but secures their, their fate. I think it, it's too much work they need to do between now and the end of the season. Yeah, it, um, it's a, there's ways to drop points and there's ways to drop points. And I think, you know, dropping two points at the 97th minute is uh, it, it was far worse than, you know, had they, had they gained a point that late on. What are they now? They're now six points behind Burnley. Burnley, yeah. got, a, Burnley got a game in hand. 
I mean, technically speaking, West Brom are, are, are the team to watch all of a sudden. Um, all right, the goal difference is awful, but their form's good. Um, they, they've kind of proven over the last couple of weeks that it doesn't matter who their opponents are when when they when they get going, they're they're actually quite decent. But Fulham, I think, have probably boxed themselves out. I think they're if they could freeze time, they'd go about that turn at one look against against uh, size lot the other week when they were, you know, they were technically 17th in, in sort of the live table. Um, and things were looking pretty good for them. And obviously that last 20 minutes has, has destroyed them, really. Um, so now they sit, what, six points adrift again with with having played a game more? It's, uh, I think it's, I think it's curtains for them. It's weird because yeah. we, we, we thought Fulham were, you know, really good, but the, the They've got like one draw in the last five games. It's uh, <laughs> the, the form's actually atrocious, but the, you know, ours was worse, and that seemed to be what was uh, what was the concern. Yeah, I mean, I think Newcastle almost led Fulham into a false sense of security. The, the games that Newcastle probably would have picked up more points in that really bad spell you went on, it just so happened you were also missing your best players. Um, where Fulham have had. A good team. I think me and Simon mentioned it last week. We you not been here. Angisa was it Angisa. Yeah, yeah. You know he's not been playing, which again I, I know you defended Parker earlier on in the, the show. Maybe maybe about a month or so ago, Dave. And I've always said he's the reason that Fulham are going down. Basically, I think if they had a better manager, I do, I do think they've got some decent quality in that squad. I think I still think they probably should have made one or two better better additions. But I think there's enough in that team, especially the way the season's gone that. They should have been slightly better off on the table. I think he's done done well to get them in a position um, where, the, for a time, they thought they might stay up. I think, that, as I say, that the, the bottles dropped the last couple of weeks. Um, as I say, they, they probably would want a couple of those games back where they haven't haven't taken their chances. But um, I don't think that's down to Parker. I think. Uh, to be honest, I only know one Fulham fan, and he doesn't rate Angisa at all. I can't say I've ever seen an awful lot of them, but um, when you think they've got, you know, Loftus Cheek, they've got uh, Harrison Reed, who's done pretty well. They've got Lamina, who's you know played Champions League with Juventus. Like they're not yeah. short of decent players in centre midfield where he plays. So I don't think he's the the reason why that they're what they are where they are. Um, but I think fundamentally their squad isn't as strong as, as everyone else's. Um, they made a they made a pretty poor start, but they recovered it. Um, it's just they've come up short. They're going to finish on probably thirty odd points, which I'd say they're going to be they're going to be short of staying up now. They've only got five games to go. Um, I, I think they're done. Uh, I say there's only West Brom who can really make this interesting now if they keep belying the form book the way they have the last couple of weeks, but. They're at the point now where if, if they lose, the, the kind of you know that momentum pops and their fixture is awful as well from looking at it. I think so. Um, I, I think the relegation battle might be done. Yeah, I mean the last the last league game of the the Sunday will come on to just because it it takes you on to the more of the relegation zone. Man United coming away with a three-one win at Burnley. Um, I think from last portions of this game, to be fair, I thought Burnley were you know were right in this um, in between the two Greenwood goals. Um, but United just never stopped and obviously got the goals at the end. But, I mean, Burnley's form is a concern, as we, we mentioned just before there, Simon, and could possibly be drawn into it. But 
you, you just have to think it is Burnley still and it is Deitch. Now, he's not going to drop enough points whilst the other teams gain enough points, you know, to, to almost flip the roles. Yeah, um, I, 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 to be fair, up until this weekend, I, I don't think I'd quite realise just the position that Burnley were in. Yeah. Just be, because, like you say, it's it's Burnley, it's Sean Dyche, you, you just, you always expect them to be, you know, relatively comfortable. Um, I think, I think there'll be concerns right now, and, and quite rightly so. I mean, you're one place above the relegation zone, you're going into the back end of the last few games, so you should be concerned. I, I suspect, like, uh, like yourself, that they'll, they'll have enough more probably because I just I can't see the other teams the the two teams below them getting enough points to overtake them to be honest I mean Fulham uh, just briefly touch on them like, like Dave said I, I think they're done I, I, I think I said after we played them the other week that that collapse could have a huge psychological blow going into the next few games and that seems to have been exactly what's happened I mean they've lost Drop points to two really late goals against Wolves and now Arsenal. So, yeah, I think they seem to be done. But um, so Burnley, I I would still bat them to stay up. But I mean, I, to be fair, I've no idea what the fixture list is looking like for the uh, those bottom teams. I know West Brom. Have, we've got West Brom on Sunday, uh, next Sunday. So I'd I'd expect us to win that, and hopefully that'll that'll put them to bed. But um, I'm not sure how the actual running looks. The only, the only thing you'd say for, for Fulham and Burnley is that Fulham host Burnley um, in a couple of weeks' time. And that's by the time they play that game, I think it'll be Fulham's 34th game or 35th game. Yeah, 35th game. Um, by that point, they'll be pretty much needing to win to uh, to stay up, I'd imagine, by that point. Mm. Between now and then, Fulham have got to go to Chelsea, which you wouldn't think they'd win. Whereas Burnley have got to go to Wolves, which again, not, I wouldn't expect them to win. And then they've, they've played home to West Ham, which is probably a big game at both ends of the table. So um, neither team have got it particularly easy. Um, and as I said earlier, West Brom, I mean, they've got Villa away, which, all right, should lose. Wolves at home, it's another derby. They beat them at Molyneux, I suppose, so you never know. But then they go to Arsenal uh, and they host Liverpool and West Ham. So... It's not looking great for those it's, teams. It's ask, asking a lot for West Brom to, to get enough points from those sets of fixtures, you'd think. It is, but it's 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 the Allardyce way. And like I said, I, I keep saying <laughs> this, like, he just has this this power. Or whether it's just because it's this time of the season where like most teams are like, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? Whereas he's got them eating raw meat by this time. Like, <laughs> it's just like a thing. Like He gets so many points in these t- this time of the season. Um, I remember when he was... Sunderland manager and he, uh, they were going up against us to stir up and they won some ridiculous games like sure they won against Man United um, this time of the season and it's just what he does like mm. I say like none of us would have thought they'd go to Stamford Bridge and win 5-2 whatever it was yeah. um, and even beating Southampton 3-0 like I know Southampton haven't been great but it wasn't a lucky 3-0 either I mean they absolutely battered them from start to finish <laughs> yeah um, he's obviously got them got them playing. Um, I mean, Sai, if you don't have Grealish next weekend, uh, I mean, I wouldn't have concern for you, but I, I think they'll give you a good game. Yeah, they probably will. But I mean, it, I suppose from our point of view, though, it, it, it is it is quite a big derby. To be fair, the Villa yeah. West Brom one. So, uh, 
without Greenish, obviously that that that'll be uh, it'd be more difficult. But uh, even without him, um, I, I, I would still say that we've got better players than them, and hopefully we will we'll put them down. <laughs> I just want West Brom to go down. I, I did not just because I don't like West Brom, but I, I can't I can't see Sam Allardyce's smug face if he manages to keep them up. I know. No, honestly, it would not be worth anything. Like he's never going to let that go ever that he saved that team from what was a fairly precarious position, to say the least. I think they were maybe a couple of points ahead of Sheffield United when they played yeah, them, yeah. If, if that. Um, to, to keep them up in that position, or even to keep them up in the position they were in even a couple of weeks ago when we pretty much always relegated them, I think. Yep. Uh, I mean, it would be a hell of an achievement. I, just can't, I can't have that. <laughs> and, and, and a European Super League all happening at the same time because... <laughs> Because that's just he will end up being the Tottenham manager in the European Super League, trying to save, <laughs> save them from relegation. But do you know what? You're you're right. Like we will never hear the end of it if he keeps them up. Never. But, and do you know what? We shouldn't hear the end of it because he should never let this live it down. I don't <sighs> think there's many who would have said that he could do it. Um, if I, if he managed to keep the West Brom up from as not what Dave said, the positions that they've been in. You Make would have to regard that as the greatest escape, like survival. No, no, you would. I mean, I think when Brian Robson was West Brom's manager, they were done. Like they again, they pulled out some incredible results. I think they won at Old Trafford. I think Robert Earnshaw turned into like this absolute god for about three weeks, um, <laughs> and they stayed up on the last day. That was a that was a great escape. I think they were the first club to still who were bottom at Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, uh, they were also bottom on going into that last day of the season. They were, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it obviously helps when Norwich get beat six 0 at home off Fulham, whatever it was. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, if they it's, keep them up in that situation, it would be a, a great achievement. I'll give them that. But I just don't want it to happen. But it is a Sophie's choice because it means Burnley go down. I'm kind of winning either way. Like I don't mind so much. <laughs> like if you can't go down, I officially resign from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no Deitch, no Ali. That's the that's the rules. Um, I mean, I'm forgetting Burnley, but I, I mean, on United, they're eight points behind City now. Um, is there a chance, or is it just City coasting along now because they know it's in the bag? Well, City will probably beat us quite convincingly on Wednesday night to bring that back up to eleven points, and then and then that's 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 that. That done and dusted. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you kind of see them losing three games. Like losing at home to Leeds was one thing, but I don't know. There was that that stat going about just just a couple of weeks ago that it was the exact points, the exact games in hand, and the in reverse of the City when City won it in the last game of the season. That Man City team then was a lot better than this Man United team is now. <laughs> <laughs> This is very true, well, but this Man United just, team have no right to even be second. That's well, that's exactly right. I mean, we've talked about Burnley a lot here, but Man United was just, just your bog standard Man United performance, where they looked absolutely bang average for probably 70 minutes, if not longer. Yeah. Um, and then the spawn a goal through a Greenwood little deflection, uh, and then obviously they get one on the break in injury time. Um, where Van, Van der Beek, who is tret like he's got some sort of lice or something, he gets nowhere near the team. Like, <laughs> and, yet, and yet every time he comes on, he makes stuff happen. Like, 
seems bizarre to me, but then again, they spent 40 million on him. I hope he likes the European Super League. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's that's just been it sums up United season basically what you've just said. Um, we'll come on to the last league game before we go back to the cup game then, and we had tonight's game, which um, again recording the the Super League discussion. Uh, I haven't seen, so it was one one. So um, Dave, I mean, tell us all about it. Um, it's kind of your, your typical Leeds match where when when they play any team they they're, they're fairly open. Um, against a you know a big, a big side like Liverpool, they gave away a lot of chances, but Liverpool didn't really take them. Um, eventually, they got the goal when Alexander Arnold made a good run in behind, played across, and Mane put in the open goal. Um, but Leeds came back really strong in the second half, and they were they fully deserved their point. Um, you're missing Nat Phillips now; he's done a hamstring or something, so you change your centre halves again. I have no idea at all why you signed Ben Davies from Preston. You've deprived that boy of playing for Celtic. Um, he was all set to go there and you said, come and play for us. And what you've actually meant is, come and sit on our bench whilst other players play where you play. Better <laughs> midfielders play there, strikers play there. I, I, honestly, like, he must be absolutely turbo shit because you, <laughs> because you have played everyone there. Like The, the tea lady has, has played centre-half and he sat on the bench. And uh, like Fabinho is incredible in centre midfield, and against that Leeds, you know, press you want Fabinho in, in midfield really. Do you um, think Klopp thought he was signing Ben Davis from Tottenham, and then this lad turned up? I turned up and he spoke in an English accent. He's like, "Don't you mean, <laughs> don't you mean Boyo?" He's like, "No, that's the other one." <laughs> I've no idea. Like, yeah, like I'm in the same camp as you. I, I've never, I can't say it. I've seen him play. I knew he was going to Celtic. I think I, I believe he was actually on his way there when when we decided to say no, you come up here and play. And I, I don't I'm not, I don't think he's even been on the park. I'm not sure he no, actually won the game. I don't think he's played a single minute. I might be wrong, but I, I don't remember him even coming on. And this is maybe the worst season in the history of Liverpool's history of injuries to centre halves, and he can't get a minute. Like. This is just ridiculous. Why? I mean, are we saving all our money for the Super League to get <laughs> some new players? Well, maybe that's in his contract. He'll only play in the Super League. <laughs> maybe he is world class. Maybe he is better than Van Dijk, and that's what we're saving him for. Maybe no, it is. We're I not mean, risking him on lowly peasants like Newcastle and no. Leeds. We're saving him. Well, maybe some truth in that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Simon, I mean, much more to add on the game. Uh, no, I mean, uh, to be fair, I, I thought Liverpool... Uh, pretty much dominate the first half. Bamford had a really good chance, um, but he took a ridiculously heavy touch under seemingly <laughs> little pressure. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's a lot Liverpool. In that first half, I thought it was pretty much all Liverpool. But second half, Leeds, a much much better team uh, than they performed the first half. Liverpool, a couple of sort of decentish chances, but. Um, to be fair, Leeds actually missed a couple of really good chances in the second half. And Bamford uh, hit the bar. He was unlucky with that one, to be fair. It was a decent effort that off the bar. And then I think not too long after that, Tyler Roberts had a really good chance and produced a really good save from, from Alisson. Um, but now they were well worthy of their equaliser. I thought it was a 
pretty watchable game, to be fair. Pretty decent entertainment. But um, uh, I'm not sure what what it does for Liverpool's Champions League chances or if that even matters anymore. Who knows? Well, yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing coming from it all. But, I mean, the biggest thing I can take from both you's analysis is, and it's the point you brought up, Dave, is why we're taking Fabinho out of midfield. I just... It just seems mad. Like it, it would be like Aldum at centre half instead of Fabinho. Like, could he really do a worse job? He doesn't do anything in midfield. <laughs> well, West Bill. You can imagine if like Man United were having a centre centre half shortage and Bruno Fernandes comes over and says, "Well, you know, I've played there in uh, in training for Sporting in the past, so I'll do it if you want." <laughs> you just you just wouldn't take him, your best player out of his best position I don't think when so, when no. when there's someone else available, like. It is a bit hard, isn't it? I just don't, I just don't oh, understand it. Well, <laughs> I say like unless Ben Davies literally has like one leg short and the other or something and runs like a like with a limp, like I just I just can't understand why he's not getting any minutes at all. And it's not like Nat Phillips is great. Like, well, <laughs> I tell you what, if you read Liverpool Twitter, he he looks like he's pretty the Ballon d'Or winner. Like every, every time he plays, it's like it, ah. You you must follow the opposite half of the Twitter I follow. <laughs> the the half that I follow, they, they think he's as good as Lovren. <laughs> Maybe it's an ironic thing. <laughs> there is Liverpool fans who genuinely he is like the second coming of Christ. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't think... I think he'd struggle to get into any other Premier League starting eleven if, if they had all their first-choice players available. If he starts in that, any other Premier League team's eleven, that team deserves to be relegated. Yeah, I, it's it's baffling that that yeah. he's that he's played as much for Liverpool as he already has. Like, I, I, think he's, I think he's an awful defender. It's just out of necessity because we have no... Yeah. Because which shouldn't be shown how, yeah, how bad Ben Davies must be. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, like Liverpool's missed a golden opportunity to finish in the top four, I, I believe. Well, not really, because obviously West Ham Chelsea have got each other next week. Um, so obviously things can still go their way. Uh, Leeds again, we've said it for weeks. They're they're already safe. They're having that almost like a fifty-fifty season. They win one, lose one, win one, lose one. They're coming along nicely. It's funny, yeah. like the goals and against is literally fifteen-fifty now. So. Is it? Um, yeah, so <laughs> I think I read before that they're the first team this season to have 100 goals like combined. Combined, yeah. yeah. So that's nice. Yeah, give them, give them something. Pat on the back, Ross. Well done. Um, well, the last game to cover, I guess, will be the, the FA Cup semi-final. Um, where Leicester won 1-0, I believe, Dave. Uh, they did. Uh, I only watched the second so half. upset about that. I mean, it was just a nothing match. It was uh, your typical Wembley semi-final, which, again... One of my pet hates is that they get to play the semi final yeah. at Wembley. It, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's a very small hate compared to what's coming, but like, <laughs> I just, it's like, oh, we're going to Wembley to, to play the semi finals. Like, it's not the same, is it? Like, it's, yeah. and, then, and then you get the finals, like, oh, we're going back to Wembley. It's like, you've just been there. So, <laughs> is it really that big of a deal anymore? Uh, uh, I just think it cheapens the whole thing. But anyway, Leicester won. They probably deserve to aim on the balance of play. Um, Ayanacho has been absolutely on fire since we absolutely. questioned since since we questioned his future as a as a footballer. Um, <laughs> and, and, the actual, and and Lingard since January might be the best players in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean World Cup twenty twenty two in Qatar is going to be Ayanacho and Lingard, and they're the two poster <laughs> boys. At least it was a better result for Southampton, but you know at least it wasn't. <laughs> 
Oh, and their season's done now, isn't it? I mean, that was all I had to look forward to. Yeah. Which is more than most, admittedly. Like, you know, <laughs> at, least, at least they got to Wembley. <laughs> very, very true. I mean, Simon, much more to add on this game, or is it? No, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't watch the game and I haven't seen any of it, but I did watch the other semi-final, which, which I think you've overlooked. Well, uh, the fact that Dave mentioned the cup game showed how much I knew they were on. So, <laughs> who, who was in? Oh, that was the Chelsea game, wasn't it? Chelsea yeah, Chelsea City, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah um, I, and I, so, yeah, I did watch that game. Well, I was sort of half. I was at a, I was at a barbecue at a friend's house, so I was half watching it. But um, uh, Chelsea did, from what I saw, they did fuck a bit of a number on Man City. Really, I thought they they, they were well worthy winners and. Timo Werner, although he, he he still doesn't look like he's going to score any time soon, but he, he got in time and time again down the left, sort of creating chances for others. So I thought it was a, a decent, well, obviously more than decent performance for Chelsea and very good win for them. And I, I think I think that I think it'll be quite a decent final actually, Chelsea Leicester. I think I think that could be a, a good little matchup to watch. Yeah, I think Chelsea win that comfortably because of a certain manager, but <laughs> um, maybe maybe personal bias there. Um, I'm ha- happy enough to admit. Right, that's enough of the football. Um, right, we've teased it enough because <laughs> I, I knew certainly Dave would have an extremely strong opinion on this, so we definitely have to bring it up. So. What day are we on? So we're on Monday, Tuesday, guys. You guys are listening to this at home. And on Sunday night, it would have been, um, we get a statement claiming that there's 12 teams in Europe consisting of, now let me try and get this right, Liverpool, hmm. United, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, Juventus, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid and Barcelona. I believe that's the 12, um, are basically founding a European Super League to replace the Champions League, for all accounts, um, with three spaces open, which we can all speculate who they are. I think they're probably quite well known. Everybody kind of guesses who they're going to be to break away into some sort of, well, European Super League as its name, but um, with invitation of five players and that coming in. Now, Dave, I'm guessing you are completely against this idea and very negative on the thought. So, yeah, just talk us through how you felt when it came through, reading more on it, and has your opinion of it altered slightly, and sort of, where do you go from here? Well, I don't really know why anybody would be for it. Um, so, so, the way I say it is, they've obviously, they want to do this because they think we're the best club, so we should get more money for, um, you know, playing in elite competition uh, in the Champions League the revenue spread between well it's about to be more teams but um, spread between those teams and they think they deserve more of the pie and they're not going to get it so they thought well we'll make this breakaway league um, the best will play the best every week and that'll we'll do that instead of the Champions League and we'll carry on with the domestic leagues and, and such as, as we want um, what surprises is that how both parties are going absolutely balls to the wall on it to the point where the domestic leagues have said well if you're doing that you're not doing this um, and the Super League clubs have said, well, we've resigned from UEFA. So already 
I can't see how this is ever going to have a have a happy ending. Um, I just don't see how there's a way back. So I'd be very surprised if you know if, if the football, as we know, it ca- carries on, and it, it's a very hard thing to, to take. Now, I'm pleased we're not involved um, because I, I'm of the opinion that for me, football will survive without the big six. Um, I don't care if the Premier League is worth less. I don't care if the broadcasters pay less for it. As far as I'm concerned, Psy will probably be in the same boat as and when we're allowed to go back in the stadiums and God, God, God forbid, God willing, we have a, a different owner. Um, I would still go and watch Newcastle play in the Premier League with without those big six in. I would still go and support the team every week. Um, if we got relegated, I, I, I did do that. You probably did as well in the Championship. Um so it doesn't affect my day-to-day following Newcastle United one bit, but for there to be no point in playing, I think is a lot harder sell in that this, is this elite league, which you can only get into if you are one of the three qualifiers for these extra space, or however it's going to work out. I mean, that's it's, it's almost an impossible dream, isn't it? Um, and I just think that will kill a lot of interest in football. Um, I think they're desperate to reinvent the wheel when there's just no real need to. I, I don't think the Champions League is that broken. Um, the reform of it, which looks great compared to the Super League, but is also total turbo shit. If you've, if you've seen this, where they're going to have 36 teams who, you know, they're not all going to play each other, but they'll play 10 teams of different ability. Yep. Um, I mean, what the hell is that about? Like, mm. Everyone in the world watched the Champions League um, sort of makeshift knockout thing last year when the, obviously the, the pandemic forced it and said, oh, this is good. Lots of one-off cup games. That, that's exciting. What we'll do is less less of that and have more boring league games, which we don't really want. So, I mean, neither solution's great, but... Uh, if uh, I mean if this goes ahead, it's it's just going to be absolute carnage. Um, I hope that if it does go ahead, everyone who says, you know, like the UEFA have said, you're not playing domestically and the players won't go to the World Cup and etc. etc. I hope they stick by that. I really do. And uh, if those six clubs go, then fine. You know, that's that's on them. I feel very bad for the fans because um, they'll be the ones who who, who miss out on this. Um, no one seems to want it players don't the managers don't and it's just these sort of billionaire owners who um who who own these clubs for in some cases a couple of years some cases a little bit longer um uh, they're the only ones who want it and the likes of daniel levy i mean he should be absolutely ashamed totally ashamed um what makes spurs an elite club don't, don't get me don't get me started on that it's absolutely astonishing. Like you might as well have Nottingham Forest in there. Like it's unbelievable. Like Newcastle have got more league titles than Tottenham. I mean, Sunderland have got more league titles than Tottenham. Mm. And, I, I just don't get it. It's absolutely bizarre. Forest and Villa have got more European cups combined than City, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Juventus. So <laughs> how the fuck are they elite? Like honestly, I've. I'm uh, I'm really really angry about it all, and I I echo everything that you said there, David. If if this goes ahead, I really really hope that the Premier League and all those other leagues around Europe stick stick to what they're saying and tell these teams fuck off. Then we mm-hmm. don't want you because you're right. 
it was football football the the Premier League would survive without them. I I think what what the big problem is uh, the uh, point you made there, which really hits the nail on the head, is that the it's what are you playing for? Though if if this does happen, you know. I'd happily play in the Premier. You know, I'll go watch Villa play anywhere, like like you did when Newcastle went down. I I did it when Villa went down. You know, it's but that's that's part of being a, a football fan. You, the highs and the lows is is that's it. It all comes together. You can't. I don't understand. I, well, I mean, I do understand why these clubs are doing it because they're owned by greedy fuckers who want to get even greedier, like with their money. It's just, I I just can't. I'm just so annoyed about it. And like you say, who the hell has decided who these elite clubs are? How um, how Arsenal and Tottenham have the fucking gall and cheek to suggest that they should that they're an elite club? Tottenham have won fuck all for thirty odd years. They've won League Cup. They've got Arsenal are a joke of a club at the moment. They barely struggle to beat teams that are getting relegated. I'm, it's just it's it's such a it's such a joke and like you the one thing another thing you said there it's the fans of those clubs that I will that I'll feel sorry for if 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 they got kicked out of of their domestic leagues then yeah it's the fact the fans haven't done anything wrong the players like you said though I don't know if you saw just before we started recording um, James Milner mm, was yeah. interviewed after the game and he said you know, personally I don't like it I hope it doesn't happen and I would suspect that 99.9% of the players at all of those clubs would be of that same opinion and especially if, if the threat of being banned from playing international football is is actually followed through which would require FIFA showing some backbone which they're not, you know, exactly known for. But if <laughs> if that if that happens and they get kicked out of their domestic leagues, do we think that these players will put the bigger wages that they're going to get over actually being able to play for your country and play in a competitive, actually play competitive football? Because what they're going to is not competitive football anymore. Uh, that's a thing, I think. Some of the players, like you ask William, do you want to have more money for less effort? He's going to say yes. Um, and there's and there's probably quite a lot of players in in a similar boat, but they're all players who will be over 30 and probably thinking about their last couple of paydays. Actually, think about it, most of them play for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but some of them, the, the younger, ambitious ones, like I, I can't see, I can't think this is what they want. Like, I can't think this is what Harry Kane wants, for example. Like, oh, he was the. Pl- I was just about to bring his name up and, that, and ask you about that. Like he's a. I mean, to me, I'd want to play as much football as I can. If I was a, if I was a footballer and I was good at football, you know, the more yeah. games the better. I enjoy playing football. Let's go and win some trophies. Let's go and score goals. Let's break some records. That's that's what that's how he lives his life basically. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so all for that to be like, well, you're going to play once a week and you're going to play the same, well, whatever it is, clubs. Yeah. Um, that doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. That's it. The, you know, these, the elite players nowadays as well, they're so focused on on what on what they win, isn't it? You know, it's all about their, you know, the medals that they win, like the, the, the top, top players. You like some of like your Messi, Ronaldo, 
they obviously don't want their goals records and their assists, but they want to win things. They want to be seen as the greatest players because you're winning all these major trophies. If this goes ahead like it's been proposed, and you, you know you you could you could win that the European Super League a couple of times, but you know the majority of football fans just aren't going to really acknowledge that. And the other thing about it is because there's if in that league system the way that they're proposing it, only one team can obviously win that every year. So what are the other teams playing for? You know, they'll come to a stage in that tournament or however it's been done where it's your basic is just glorified friendlies because there's literally mm-hmm. no jeopardy. It's not like, OK, we can't win this league, but we're still in the fight for, you know, is it fourth or fifth or it, it just I, I just don't understand. I, I just don't understand it. It's, it's not, you know, football as we we're all brought up and it's not it's not the sports and the game that, that we no. all love. I mean if if they if they want to do it in the off season in the summer, go nuts. Knock yourself out, yeah. yeah. Be my guest. But how on earth they think they've got the right to to delete history basically. Because that's what they've done, I don't know if you've seen this night where like Real Madrid are saying they they've they've won thirteen Super Leagues because it carries over their, their European Cup success. <laughs> and like someone was arguing with well, not arguing, was making the point on Twitter that when the European Cup became the Champions League you know that that carried over, and I think, like, ah, but the European Cup ceased to exist, and it became the Champions League. The Champions League's still alive and well. <laughs> it's, it hasn't, it hasn't gone because they say it's gone. <laughs> I know that's that's another odd thing about it. It's like the Champions League is okay. The the initial, you know, some of the the group games are a bit pointless because you you know you do get some proper dross that are mm-hmm. you know playing against great teams. But once you get to the knockout stages, it's a great competition to watch. You know, the majority, you, you might get the odd tie that that's a bit crap, but by that stage, it's it's entertaining. And the fact that is, you get these sort of one-off games. Like I saw earlier, Liverpool have only played AC Milan twice in the two finals. So <laughs> how you know that's that's special. They're special games. Who wants to watch that every week, every season? It's... I know it'd be so cagey as well, won't it? Like, I just, I just, I just don't get it. Like, it's, I know, like they stand to make a load of money from it, but what are they going to do with it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and 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 at what cost? You know, you as you say, you're throwing away so much. And I think as well, I mean, I, I don't know how much of this is would be reliant on revenue from fans but surely you're going to lose a generation of supporters by doing this well you'd think because like it's not like you know let's say that they aren't allowed to play domestically and they just play the super league i can't see fans going oh, i'm just going to uh going to uh go to milan for this wednesday night game uh yeah just take a half day on thursday i'll be in the afternoon like, <laughs> it's just it's just not going to happen is it like Unless they can get those games on a weekend, like it's it's all of a sudden your away day becomes a couple of grand. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's absolutely it's just going to be no atmosphere in these stadiums because the, there's no jeopardy to the game. Uh, well, no, like and as you say, like it becomes all of a, like every game's going to be like Harlem Globetrotters versus the, the Washington Generals. Like it's just <laughs> I just don't, I just don't get it. I mean, Ali, you, I saw you champion it in the WhatsApp group. Are, oh. are you? Are you on board with it? Like, why? I, 
I, I wouldn't say I'm on board with it, but I'm not against it. Not nowhere near the extent of you guys. So, I mean, I've I've spoken on this at length, as I say, on the other podcast, but I'll bring up the same points that I did there for you guys. So for me, I obviously the way the way they've designed it and proposed it just now is to to replace the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. We are, I think, we all agree that the the new format isn't any better than the Super League format that's been proposed. Uh, I think you highlighted that, Dave, that we're adding more teams to take away from the actual excitement that we actually all enjoyed last season when we were getting knockout games. Mm. Um, I think we had a guy on the podcast earlier who said that the Champions League was isn't like I I claim the Champions League's terrible. I, I think it's boring until we get to the last eight. Really, I could I could take the argument the last sixteen. But his argument back to me was, oh, but in the 90s, I loved sitting down on a Wednesday night watching the Champions League. Yeah, in the 90s, you know, that, that's that gone. Football, football, we're not there anymore. If we're, if we're claiming morals in football, that was lost when Sky bought the Premier League. Um, as, as of replacing, I think, I, I'm not sure if this Super League will actually go ahead. I'm... I'm. I go further into the camp than than, than you'll enjoy, Dave. I, I'd quite happily for Liverpool to be in a Super League that we don't compete domestically, and it's more of a American franchise situation, you know, where it's like conferenced and playoffs, and it ultimately leads to one Super Bowl at the end. Um, I'd be all for that. Where I don't know if you got 32 teams, elite teams in the world. I don't know if you could get 32 elite teams. I don't know. That might be a bit too much, but you know, something along that lines. But the way it's going, I'd be quite happy for a Super League to replace the Champions League format because I, I don't enjoy the Champions League anymore. I don't think, well, any of the teams will get kicked out domestically. Financially, there's no team could do it. Uh, Emma was on the show tonight. The Spanish League would collapse. The Italian League would more or less collapse without those three teams. The, yeah, but as you d- see, define collapse though, like... Well, let's, right uh, now, let, let's say hypothetically, right? Let's say the, this happens: all these clubs drop out. What's the biggest threat? Broadcasters won't pay the same the same price for these these players, right? So, the remaining clubs who, all right, some will be worse off than others. Say, right, revenues down by X percent because there's no the Sky aren't paying us 300 million anymore, right? So everyone's going to have to take a pay cut. You're in or you're out, and people will leave. People will stay, and what it will fundamentally result in is that more clubs will have academy players playing. Uh, there'll be less mercenaries. There'll be it'll actually take football back to how it was. Um, With no eyes, like I, I, I don't. And again, like I can understand. This is what, like, obviously Adam hosted the show earlier, and so obviously he was the only person who didn't have a team in the race, along with yourself, obviously and Simon. So it may, I actually think it'd be a good thing for you guys ultimately. Because it makes the league, it takes it back to just about football. Obviously, everything's on a, an even keel. I do think ultimately what will end up happening, though, is the more the league grows that way, if it can stay exciting and stay good football, the more money they would then be pumped in. And there'd still be a monopoly at the top with the, the bigger clubs. And I put yourselves and Leeds into that because with such massive fan bases, you both teams would ultimately end up as the two, the new Liverpool and Man United in years to come. Maybe, but I mean, who knows what could happen? You know, I think people might say this is an opportunity to invest in Premier League clubs when they're not worth as much, and say, well, you know, I could put in a little bit more money, and all of a sudden that that team will become the you know the next big team. It level the playing field massively. Possibly, I, I just don't think. I mean, 
my my argument that I put across was like a team like Crystal Palace, who are you know that team who just get to the get to the point mark to stay safe and then do nothing. The only mm. reason they make money in sponsorship is not because of what they're doing. It's because of the teams they're playing against and the eyes who are on it to watch. So as you say, the, the money will be out. It won't stop. And, and that's one thing I'll agree on. It'll never stop like Newcastle fans or Everton fans or, or Villa fans like going to watch the team. You've had worse times than Liverpool and Man United not being in the league. Like that. That's not my argument. I, I just don't... I can't see the Premier League kicking out the teams because of the money that they'll lose out on. The owners will not want that to happen. No, but I think if well, I was also reading today that the, the, the supposed big six would, would play weakened teams in, in domestic competitions because the owners would only care about this, this Super League. Uh, and I equally don't think the Premier League would would want that sort of devaluing of the brand. Yeah, that, that's, that, that would be the only negative side. But I think what they could... I always think that, you know, the bigger clubs should look at getting, you know, the way Real Madrid and Barcelona have their B teams. Mm. I've always said something like that, where they can't come up past a certain certain level, and that way it's promoting youths sort of thing. I don't know. I think this should have all been handled differently. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, the outrage around it, yet UEFA seem to be getting away scot-free. You're the first person to mention how bad it really is, Dave. Um, that this new Champions League proposal is really no different to what this Super League proposal is. Um, there's still elite teams going to be allowed in if they don't qualify, because let's be honest, it's the same teams that qualify every year, give or take one, maybe two teams. Um, and and like people like Gary Lineker, Lineker tweeting outrage is the same Gary Lineker who was saying San Marino should qualify to play against England. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the same elitist mentality that like these big clubs are wanting to get more money over teams like yourselves. But the difference with that, though, is that he's still saying that England still have to qualify for these tournaments as well. Whereas these are these elite teams are just they want a they want a close shot. And yeah, but that's what this, the Champions League is now. It's not, though, is it? It's like, not, but yeah, because I mean Chelsea, Man U have uh, Man U have, have missed out in the Champions League and uh, on a number of times in the last ten years. Chelsea have slipped out a couple of times. Like, Arsenal, until, Arsenal, and Tottenham aren't in it, and they're yeah. in the Super League somehow. Out of the six teams that's mentioned, yeah, like how many of them are making that top four every single season? Well, only four of them at least. I mean, <laughs> that's what I mean. So, out of the, when like when Man United are missing out, who are they missing out for? Spurs. Well, could, could be West Ham, could be Leicester. Like those clubs, those clubs that like who are breaking through are the ones who are going to be hit highest by this because that's the only reason it's happened. Clubs, clubs can't handle that these new clubs are actually. They're making it. hundred percent agree on that side of things. I, I think that this has been going on for a lot longer than that. This is like Sky are where this all kicked in. When Sky bought over and money became into football, it's just got worse and worse. And th- and this was always going to be the breaking point. They've, they've spoke about this Super League for at least 20 years. Mm. I, have, I don't know. I've talked about it for a long time, but I, I just think, why now? Read the room, the, 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 the situation in the world in terms of money is as piss poor as it's ever been because of obvious reasons. And this is just screams of, of the elitist because um, they're not going to give these tickets away. So these the, the fans of, of these clubs are going to have to pay a small fortune to go and watch 
glorified friendlies if they want to support their club. Um, it just doesn't sit right with us at all. I, just, I, I, I do wonder if price tickets could go lower because of the amount of money that's going to come into the game through like streaming revenues and that as well. Well, I mean, if that's the case, fair fucking play. But it hasn't happened anywhere else ever. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the price of the match day ticket might get lower, but unless they're going to uh, subsidise the plane and travel and hotel <laughs> tickets, then, yeah, well, that, that, then that, that means that fuck all, doesn't it? Crit, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah it, it might just mean again that more the the Americanized thing. It'll be it'll be more this the the grounds will be full of just almost loads of neutral fans as well. Uh, who wants that? I know. Players who can't, wants that? that players, can't, players can't want it, that either. Like, it's it, just... it, work, it works in America because that's how it's always been there. So they don't know any difference. So there's there's no... If it ain't broke, you don't fix it. Your issue with the player side of things is when, when the players who would be on 70 grand a week here, all of a sudden they're getting 150, 200 grand because it's a, a big, huge franchise and there's so much more money in the game. I think they'll be okay. <laughs> well, that's the worry, as I say. Some players, some some players will just say the number, the bottom line figure, and think, aye, well, why not? I mean, we live in a world where we're playing Lionel Messi one million pound a week. But I mean, that's part of it. I think it yeah. might end up being like being the type of league which attracts players who are after that one last payday. Yeah. I mean, Messi's probably a great example. Like he's he's probably not going to get anywhere else. Yeah. There's going to come a time where we, where his body can't take him through the league of games. So go and play souped up friendlies um, <laughs> for three million quid an hour like why why not I think it'll be interesting to see where the final proposals come in and where the stance of other places take uh, I mean I, I just can't see domestic leagues kicking teams out and I certainly don't think there was a rumour of they're going to ban players from playing internationally people just not like if you're losing out on those type of players you know you're just risking too much revenue coming in Especially for the international side of things. Well, that's the thing. I can't see FIFA saying, well, yeah. none, none of your elite players are playing in our World Cup this summer or, yeah. well, or next winter, whenever it is. I mean, that's just not going to happen, is it? I mean, I, I hope they do say that because it's the only thing that might stop them doing it. But um, I just I just cannot, cannot see it. Uh, I, I think, unfortunately, it's a bit of a power grab and it's going to be who, who blinks first. And unfortunately... Well, I mean, that's ultimately this might just be a whole power move in general, just for for these clubs, you know, to get almost what they want. I mean, we know they've been after the, you know, the streaming rights sort of thing and that domestically, and they they want more assurances and more part of the, the split of the finances coming in. And who's actually who's actually paying these clubs? Like who who's who's footing the bill? And that's what I struggle to work out. Like where where is all this? money coming from like how are they getting all this money what where's where's the generation of funds smarter men than me are running it but uh, the money project uh, like when you when you see how much money is in the premier league alone like Mm. uh, like as much as you're against it like let's think of the world we live in just now how much do you think an amazon or a netflix or an apple say are going to pay to have the streaming rights to this like elite club, and they've got exclusive rights to it. Yeah, I suppose it, it, it depends then what. Um, like we're how, talking about how, the morals of football here, remember? Yeah, I yeah, but I mean, yeah, from that point of view, obviously, yeah, they'll, they'll pay loads. But then what? What I suppose football fans like myself and and Dave, I'm sure, would probably be relying on then is 
the fans of these clubs, you know, certainly in this country, when you see the <laughs> outrage, how much of a of a stance are they really going to take? Are they going to pay to these subscriptions to watch it, or do they? Are they oh, really? Well, well that uh, yeah. Well, well, to be fair, it's like it's not even the fans in this country, isn't it? They're doing it for their fans in the foreign markets. Well, that's that's where it's driven from. Like, look at it. Well, that's it, hundred percent. Yeah, like I mean, you think how much fan base Liverpool, Madrid, Barcelona, and Liverpool alone, Man United, sorry, like mm. have like Asia and and Japan and China, like the the money from that alone. But so I mean, just on the Liverpool side of things, like we've seen like the banners and the booing the bus tonight and. All the, the Twitter thing, all those guys are still paying to watch their club. Yeah. When it happens, you know, it's it's they, they might not enjoy it and they might be totally against it now, but if it becomes a reality in a year's time and it does go ahead, they're still going to watch it. Do you know what I mean? Ultimately, that's what's going to happen. Um. Well, if I think if uh, if the Premier League aren't, aren't going to kick the clubs out, they need to be become incredibly petty and vindictive when they bring the fixture list out and schedule a lot of early time <laughs> kickoffs for these things. I think from what, what, what um, the government was saying earlier is that they could even introduce like a massive tax on Super League clubs. Like Literally, they could be as petty as that and say, if, you, if you're receiving Super League revenue, you're going to be taxed at like some hideous rate. Um, they, could, they could make it very, very uncomfortable for them. Unfortunately, though, with stuff like that, like we've seen how well celebrities get around tax laws. Um, the oh, no. tax, and let's be fair, we're run by the most corrupt government in the world. So well, that's it. I mean, they couldn't really add any credibility. They couldn't run a bath, unfortunately. So I mean, it's, it's, it's not the, it's, they're not the people of wonder. It's like the crack operation to stop this happening, but at least they are going to try. Um, but I, I think it's futile. I, I say, I, as I said at the start of this chat, I, I, it seems too far gone now. Like I can't see. I can't see how this ends up with either the Premier League and what they want, which is everyone being back to normal, the Super League getting what they want, which is being allowed to do both, and and replacing the Champions League essentially. Um, so I don't know who's going to blink, and if no one blinks, then um, God only knows what happens. Like I say, like, <laughs> as a like as a as a relative neutral in this part of it, just wants wants them to be kicked out, and then let's just let it happen. Let's just see what happens. Like I think. It would reset football, and I think it would be a bit of a process. You know, it might be a ropey couple of years, but um, I think we'd, uh, we'd get, get on the, with it. We'd, we'd get the, we'd get the game back fundamentally, um, and all right, you know, we might not have the best players in the world for a while, but we didn't before the Premier League started. Yeah, took, yeah. took time to surprise them away from Serie A and, and get back to where we where we were. You know, Serie A was untouchable in the uh, in the nineties. Um, but slowly but surely, you know, the Premier League got there, um, and you just have to believe it would happen again. Yeah, I guess, like as I say, like we'll wait and see what happens. What comes? Up. I think the Premier League are meeting tomorrow or Thursday, I believe. UEFA are meeting on Friday, um, so by the time we're back with you next week, we'll have probably another another chat over this, and we'll <laughs> see how things have been. Um, that that Premier League meeting tomorrow, that's it's just it's the other fourteen clubs, isn't it? The, those, <laughs> those, those six haven't been invited to it, so it'll be a that's, that's a formality be an interesting yeah. meeting. <laughs> it'll all depend on those owners, though, how much money they're willing to to give up. Mm. That's exactly it. That's it. You, you, they cannot win. Like there's there's nothing. There's no good result for them now. Is that they either lose the revenue of these clubs because if they drop out, I don't know how like how tight the TV deals are, but. I assume if those if those six clubs go, 
Um, let's say the TV money will probably quarter at best, I would think. Yeah. Um, so that's going to obviously dent the, the bottom line. And it, I say, like, it's going to need players to agree to taking a pay cut in line with that. Yeah. Uh, and if they do, then great. And if they don't, then they're going to have to find new clubs. Well, I think we'll we'll end the, the, that fun stuff and we'll go on to a more serious matter. Um, and we'll go on to week eight's betting corner, lads. Uh, on, the, on, on the topic of losing money. Um, Simon, you went West Ham, Arsenal, United, Swansea, Leicester. Only United and Leicester winning for you there, letting you down big style. Yeah. He went for a sixfold of Watford, which who lost, Swansea, who drew, I believe, Benfica, who lost, Total won, AC Milan won, and Lazio won. Mm. Um, and for myself, Watford lost, Swansea drew, but Peterborough, Forest Green, and Hartlepool all won. So three out of five, three out of six, and two out of five for Simon. Simon, you're really letting us down. Oh, God. I'm... I mean, me and Dave picked up a win last week. Uh, what, what am I on now? Minus £80 for yourself. Me and Dave were still Christ. positives, at least. Are we? Oh, that's good. We are positive. Oh, yeah, you missed last week, Dave, and obviously clearly didn't listen to us. So you. I, I listened up until the Newcastle-Burnley game and then drifted off. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> so you you were on a plus £28, and I was on plus £24.60. Obviously, we've now lost £10 of that. Oh, so right, OK. Well, on the positive, so this week. Um, Simon, who have you gone for this week? OK, so because my uh, five-fold last week was so successful, I've gone for another five-fold. Excellent. So I've gone <laughs> for Liverpool to beat Newcastle. <laughs> what a brave man. <laughs> so so you'll, you'll be happy with that one, Dave, I think. Um, I've gone for... We never win in Anfield, but now we might. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone uh, Bright, Brighton to beat Sheffield United. Right. I've gone Cardiff to beat Wickham. Uh, I've gone Norwich to beat QPR. Okay. And I've gone Watford to beat Millwall. Watford? Yeah, Watford to beat Millwall, yeah. And that returns you? That returns £91.60. So I could be £1.60 up this time next week. I have a feeling not based on <laughs> um, we've just discussed how bad Brighton are at picking up results and um, <laughs> Diamond's back up literally ten minutes later. Uh, Dave, for yourself. Right. We're in we're in sevenfold country again. Oof. Right, I've got Brighton to win at Sheffield United. God Jesus. That's a Sheffield United we're nailed on now. Fucking I'm changing mine right now. Well that's it. I mean that's fine by me. They're gone now, they can do what they want. <laughs> Uh, Oxford to beat Plymouth. Uh, PSG to win at Betts. Uh, PSV to beat Groningen. Uh, Inter Milan to beat Verona. Atlanta to beat Bologna. And Man City to beat Tottenham. And that is returning you. So it's 12.48 to 1, which returns £134.83 from a tenner. Well, I am, um, due to the podcast earlier, I am still in the middle of doing mine. So you're going to get my process, as we discuss. So I'm currently going for Norwich, because I feel that's a quite a safe bet. Um, I'm going to go for Gillingham. OK. 
great podcasting noise as we're going through here. <laughs> I'm going to go for the mighty Sunderland. And, and then I'm going to go for Cheltenham. I'm going to play it safe with just four. Um, I feel Simon and Dave have picked enough teams um, for that. What's on the... Who have I not picked? Cheltenham, Gillingham, Norwich. Is Sunderland game been cancelled? I think so. I think they're home to Akron now. Yeah. Maybe they've been, maybe Akron have been signed up to the uh, European Super League. And, uh... <laughs> Sunderland, this you know just here we go. Seven point two five to one. Nice and safe bet. Just making sure I I stay stay top. Um, and this week I believe we also have the Brentford Rotherham game. If I'm not mistaken, I wrote down the date. I think it's. I want to say it's. I think it's next like week on tomorrow. You know, it's like Tuesday. Yes, the twenty seventh. So uh, that's where it could all go. All go horribly well or horribly wrong for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's betting corner. So um, that'll be the end of that. Simon, let us know where they can find you and any podcast you've been on this week. Uh, so is on Twitter at Sire Regan and uh, with Villa not playing this week, um, uh, we didn't do one. So that'll be back next week. Fair enough. And Dave, for yourself? Uh, so on Twitter, I am at CM9798. Uh, and this week, we've actually got Champman on the post coming out. Um, it should be out on Wednesday, all being well. So look out for that on your feed. Excellent. So you've got a full week of podcasts from, from us all this week with the, the Champman one. So you're currently, obviously currently listening to this, so there's no point telling you where you can find us. Um, hopefully, if you've not already, you'll listen to the special podcast that Adam put out. Um, so go and have a look at that and that's where you're going to get myself Adam, Ryan, Emma and Andy's just their thoughts on the Super League proposal as well, you've heard Dave and Simons and I'm sure you'll hear others as the week go on and once we find out more as well we can we can come to you with more, more of our opinions really because that's all we've got just now and um, there'll be a new 11 pieces of me out on Thursday morning I assume Chris will be back with extra time on Friday morning and as Dave just mentioned Chapman on the post again will be out this week as well so a full week of shows um, so be sure to listen share retweet follow review everything you can Um, a lot of work goes into these and it'd be greatly appreciated Um, thank you very much gentlemen for joining me as always Thank thank you thank you and always remember keep your man in the post